Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. I am Jesse here with my best pal, Brianna. And today we're talking about the Amazon Prime show With Love. With Love is a one-hour romantic dramedy series centered around siblings Lily and Jorge Diaz and their family, tracking their stories over the course of a year. Well, the first season's a year and the second season is about another year. For the framework of the most heightened days of the year, the holidays, the Diaz's will weave in and out of the lives of seemingly unrelated people as they search for love. So this is your spoiler alert for With Love, both season one and two, because we're going to talk about plot points and all of that. So, Brianna, you chose the show for us. Why did you choose this show? This was yet another recommendation by my lovely mother. Um, And she saw it and immediately was like, oh, my God, because I was going to be there very soon. She's like, when you come, we have to watch this together. And then I kid you not, as I was watching it, she was just staring at me watching it waiting to be like so what do you think what do you think what do you think isn't it cute and I was like oh my god yes this is this is very adorable it was a show unlike any other that I had seen while still feeling very familiar I am a big sucker for rom-coms and just like love stories and I loved that like they took the approach of doing it through the holidays because that's oftentimes when we feel like at our loneliest or when we really strive to like make a relationship happen. And so I thought that that was really, really cute uh, and a unique approach. I also loved that they were Latina. They're Mexican. And I, I loved that. I loved that. I don't know if they're there. I guess there are a couple of white main characters, but that like, 95% of the main characters are black and brown. And in Portland, I was like, okay. Um, It was just a very, like, unique glimpse into non-white culture in the Pacific Northwest. And I was really happy that, like, that was demonstrated. And then on top of that, you got queerness. And on top of that, then you got trans and non-binary representation in a way that there was no real sustained conflict with the exception of like characters that had previously passed away about those identities. And that just also made my heart really happy that like, this was a show about love and even the queer and trans people found love and not in a compromising way. So yeah. it's cheesy as hell, but I really like this show. What about you? Yeah, I agree. It is cheesy in some parts and kind of heavy handed in some parts. And there's like one or two monologues that get pretty didactic and preachy. But like, I think this show has the greatest of intentions. I also love that it's some um, Latinx representation. It's not. Portland I gotta say I realize that they say the words Portland and they say Pacific Northwest but not a single thing about this is Portland even Burgerville doesn't look like that so I I understand but it's so clearly filmed in LA (laughs) and taking place in LA they even have like a little blip where they go to LA and I'm like we should have done this the other way around we should have had a, Mm -hmm. a Portland venture and just been like we're in LA I also think like Like, not to be, like, statistics, but, like, Portland is mostly white people. So also Mm -hmm. statistically, (laughs) not that there are no Latinx people in Portland, but, like, it's it's a very small percentage. So, yeah, that was just something that I thought about having lived in Portland for years was, Mm -hmm. like, nope, no part of this is Portland, but, like, I can get on board for story purposes, sure. Yeah, I was like, where did you find all of these brown people in Portland? Um, yeah. I do know they exist. I do know they exist. For I sure. And I have seen, but like, yeah. It also, with the with the location that they filmed in versus where it was said to be located, it reminded me of the show Psych, which I absolutely love. But they're like, takes place in Santa Barbara. And every single scene is like dark and cloudy with evergreen trees surrounding them. And I'm like... No, this is very clearly Vancouver, Canada. Like very clearly, you yeah. can't even pass this off as Santa Barbara. So yeah, it's just funny when we can notice things like that. Absolutely. I know that there's like a big, like running, honestly, Twilight-esque, who's she gonna choose theme through uh, all of the, all, honestly, both seasons. I mm-hmm. assume you had a favorite. Do you want to 
do, do you want to talk I about did. Um, <laughs> yes we we can we can jump right in okay so we have team santiago and team nick mm. um i would say up until let's see up until the second season up until bachelor party season two episode four i was ride or die for santiago like I was like, no, you're going to come back. You're going to realize that like you done and fucked up and things are going to be okay. But Nick wiggles his way into your heart. First off, he's tall as fuck. He's muscular. He's funny. He knows the family dynamics. He genuinely gets along with all of the family and like wants what Lily wants. They also talk about how they're constantly making each other better and pushing each other to grow. So they're not only like codependent, which this family already leans to, but like encouraging independence within each other, especially when it comes to career goals. So by episode four of season two, I was like, I really hope she does not crush Nick. So I was actually by the end of season two, episode six, like mad at Santiago, like leave them the fuck alone. Your bitch ass decided not to work through all of these problems, despite the fact that everybody had been telling you that you needed to. I also am not the biggest fan of like the plot line. I want to adhere to my morals and my morals tell me no marriage not because also and I'm digressing but also in this relationship dynamic they never talked about other options aside from getting married like it didn't sound like he was saying he didn't want to be in a long-term committed relationship that they never talked about kids but that kids were completely off the table or even having like a wedding or things like that but it was just marriage and to me that is still a very like heteronormative straight way of approaching things that like okay well if we're not going to be married then this is not going to work out and so I didn't like that they didn't explore that more I didn't like that then Mm -hmm. through season two Santi's moral slowly ebbed because his love for Lily increased and I don't like after that entire like to me quasi justified blow up by Porrito at Lily for hurting his best friend that now they're putting us in the position of potentially having to watch Santiago come in and ruin what Nick and Lily have when it's like no sometimes you just have to let it go like I can't imagine how this show is going to spin it for us to be okay if Lily decides to leave Nick and be with Santiago. I think you've taken us too far away from wanting to root for him, at least for me, that I don't know if you can get me back. But if they come out with a third season and they win me back, I will explain how they did that. Because no, I was yelling at the team. Santiago, get the fuck away from them. Yeah. I have in my notes, in all caps, no, Santi, go home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do. I have a couple responses to some of the things that you said. So I love that you're eventually Team Nick. I felt Team Nick from the start, mostly because Santi is kind of such a huge pessimist. Honestly, (laughs) as a big TV guy, when he was like, All these people do is watch TV. No one reads books. I was like, "Mm, guilty. I don't think we'd hit it off. (laughs) I, my goal was to read one book this year. I've done it. I'm going to go for two, but like not a big reader like this guy. When he was like, I don't own a TV. I was like, yeah, I don't. What is your furniture point at? I'm out. So. (laughs) I'm chuckling because I do think one of the big reasons why I was so team Santi in the beginning is because I'm low-key married to a Santiago. I'm married (laughs) to somebody who never envisioned themselves doing a wedding, who is a massive reader, who like is just gives Santiago vibes in some situations. So I was like, no, it can be changed. There can be compromises. This can be successful. You two get along so well. Which is totally true, but I think I was biased towards 
towards them in the beginning. Plus he's so fucking hot. That smile, I'll just cream all over your face anytime you want. Boy, I'm so stoked. That's in our podcast this week. I do definitely agree with you that like, it didn't feel like there was a lot of exploration of other options. Mm-hmm. They did have one conversation where he was like, it's just a piece of paper. The government doesn't need my business, right? Which you hear like from people that are anti-marriage all the time. Mm-hmm. But Lily's rebuttal about like, uh, so is your degree. So are these other things like, why is this the one, especially when mm-hmm. it's about a relationship that I am involved in? Like, this mm-hmm. is even more intense than these other pe- pieces of paper that you value. I thought it was honestly a really good conversation. And like, yeah, you know, there's not a ton of rebuttal to that. But like you said, there's there are other options. I realize that like typically it's applied to queer people, but like I'm pretty sure straight folks can get a domestic partnership. Can they not? They can. Yeah. Yes. Domestic <laughs> partnerships existed before right. uh, queers were fighting for those rights. So, yes. Right. Exactly. So, like maybe something like that, or, you know, at least have some of these conversations that are like, okay, if we're really not going to get married, but our future looks like this, if you're on your deathbed in the hospital and I can't visit you, what's the plan? You know, some of these things or take my brother's finance bro approach and, you know, talk about these taxes and be like, look, this is how much money we're going to save. You know, there, I don't know. There are some other conversations and approaches here. So I agree with you. I thought it was barely tapped on. They get, they did a good little tap with the like pieces of paper rebuttal, but mm-hmm. like it was barely, barely explored. And I do personally think that they did a very good job of showing how hard it is to get over somebody that like you deeply love when the only thing that broke you up is like entrenched differences in moral values. Like that, that is, that is a huge thing, but like, were it not that then they could have been very successful. And I think that season two did a really good job of showing that like grieving process and not only of Lily, but also of other characters. Cause I do think that that kind of like played a role in Jorjito being so protective over Nick of like, I've seen you so fucked up over Santi. There's no way you couldn't choose him. And like, I'm here for you and I'll always be here for you, but don't fuck with this other person that I love so much. Yeah, And I'm tired of always having to focus on you because it's been this grief process for such a long time. So like that termination doesn't only impact the people involved in the relationship. Totally. Yeah. And that's you like knowing the characters reading between the lines. Cause I believe what he does is scream at her that she's a fucking mess or something. Right. But like yes, siblings, the do. messiest bitch in all the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But like, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Is I, you know, I love and care about Nick and I know what Santi meant to you. So like, I'm mad that you're hurting somebody else that I love, even though I love you too. Mm -hmm. Totally. I was actually a little frustrated that they, and I realize like a little time has passed between episodes, but I kind of wanted him to be a little madder longer. I thought it was incredibly justified. And Mm -hmm. while the sweater bit is funny and a little bit relatable, not with a sweater, but my mom used to make my brother and I sit on the couch and hold hands until we could get along, which we hated. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Kumbaya that shit. Yeah. So... And like, obviously, what's the alternative? If you're stuck, you got to work it out. But I did think that his anger was very justified and he came around almost a little too quick. (laughs) So I kind of agree with you, kind of don't. Okay. Um, Only because it had been, I think, three weeks of that level of anger between the time that, because it happened on Thanksgiving, um, the the cheating. Yeah, the wedding's mid-December. Yeah, so it was about three weeks. What I thought was ridiculous was him being that mad that he wouldn't, like, postpone it for the day of his wedding. That he was like, I don't want her in my, like, basically, I don't want her in my wedding. I don't want her in my car. I don't want her anything. And I'm like, I I very much get being deeply angry at your sibling, at your, your friends, and also he would have regretted that. So I'm glad that yeah. like they were able to to push through that because I also think the anger could have been justified if they'd had the conversation they had in the sweater earlier and he was still mad. 
Yeah. But like the, I don't want to hear absolutely anything from you. That's just a hard approach for me to take yeah. because I'm always wanting to understand, but. Yeah. I think that's also where the character soul, who's their cousin is like just coming in clutch again and again. And they're just like, Oh yeah. Get your butts in the car. I'm not interested in this. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Some um, good family. There is like, whatever your siblings get in, get in the limo. Shut up. <laughs> I see in your notes, you did not cl- include any of the actor names or character names. So there was I honestly, can't reference that. So, oh my God, you could do your own research and notes or use no, the IMDb no, page. Do you know no. why I didn't? Do you know why I didn't? I depend on you, Jesse. And if you can't oh, be dependable, that's all you got to say. Oh, oh open the Wikipedia tab. God. Do you know why I didn't? Because the entire, there's because so many characters in the show. It would have been a whole I mean, page and I didn't want to. You could have figured it out. You um, know what? You can do your own research but, and open your own fucking tab. <laughs> murmur, murmur, murmur. Um, I do really love how well-developed they made soul. Okay. Is imbd.com? Is it not.com? Is it .org? Because imbd.com brings up internet marketing and business domains. You did BD and it's database. DB, DB. database. There we go. <laughs> classic rookie move (laughs) okay i'm just this is all your fault i wouldn't have i wouldn't need to do this shit if it was already in your notes okay you can make your own notes (laughs) it's never never gonna give it up anyways so yes soul's character probably one of the best representations of a non-binary person and like the things that can come up for them in relationships with other folks that are not non-binary and Mm -hmm. I just I really appreciated her presence and her character um I do feel like at times she was a person who delivered some of the most are we talking about soul still they them yes sorry okay yes let me back it up I did appreciate that soul also known as Isis King Right, and Isis um, uses she/her pronouns. Gotcha. I wasn't yes. sure. No, I was, <laughs> That's why I was, I was still clarifying. referring. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for clarifying. I was yeah. still referring to Soul, the character. Okay. So that they gave some of the most preachy lines, and I don't necessarily blame or give credit for that to Isis more the writers. I think they really struggled to figure out how to have these conversations and bring up these points without making it monologue or or things like that because sometimes in real life when you have these conversations it is just from a point of education so it's not really a conversation it's more being talked at but I feel like the the writing and then to a certain extent plus the acting delivered it in some kind of a forced way so that would be my only critique on the soul character but like from jump everything that they brought to the show i was obsessed with i felt like i had never seen before i really loved soul's character a lot as well i do think that isis is not a particularly gifted actress um and that's part of what i think you were noticing is it doesn't at a certain point, if you're not a great actor, it doesn't really matter what the script says. I will say I did a little research on the showrunners and writers, and it, as far as I can tell, there are no trans writers on the show. They're all cisgender. I think it suffers a little bit in that regard, especially in the scene where Saul's friends sit miles down to talk about mm-hmm. like how it might affect Saul if he doesn't identify as queer, like how you know, these identities are a little bit in contrast. And so like, these are the ways it might make Saul feel something to consider. Mm -hmm. So it's just very forceful. And like, yeah. And, and the line delivery is very aggressive. Like, like it's, I almost wanted them to lean into it and get like a ruler out. Like they're educating the audience at that point, because Mm -hmm. like, that's just very much what's happening. So I, I agree with you. Some of those were just so heavy-handed but not as someone who like agrees with everything they're saying you're right. not bothered you're just like oh we switched to classroom really quick let's get back to the show is kind of how it felt yes 
Yes, I, I agree. I have a hot take. So I agree. I don't necessarily think that Miles should identify as straight when he's in a relationship with Soul. However, if we're going to go based on like technical definition, then I think it's okay for him to identify as heterosexual because heterosexual means that you're attracted to people with a different gender identity than yours. And so that while like if we wanted to queer the term heterosexual, then Miles is in a heterosexual relationship with Soul because Soul has a different gender identity than him. So he can still identify as hetero and date a queer person or a non-binary person because their gender identity is different than them. I think it's the, and like, to me, I was like, that could be a great perspective or approach for him to take when defending or describing his sexuality and his relationship with soul and remove the threateningness that tends to come from being in a relationship with a non-binary person to a straight guy's masculinity and stuff like that, which I loved that it was it was just so beyond him that that could even be a possibility that he was like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I was thinking about. But I also really enjoyed that Soul's friends came to have that conversation with him. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if Soul was in a place to do that for herself, for themselves. Yeah, totally. My, uh, I am jumping backwards a little bit just here. Yeah. My very favorite thing that happens with Soul and Miles is actually the conversation they have about why he didn't tell Soul about his kid. Because mm -hmm. when you find out he has a kid and hasn't told Soul, I was like, there's no good reason, right? Like, he must be a douchebag. This is some shady shit. We don't trust him. Oh. We All of a sudden, he's on the outs. He's on our shit list. Okay. And then when he finally is like, hey, I didn't tell you because... Charlie's non-binary and I was really worried that if I told you you would think I'm only dating you because you're non-binary mm -hmm. and like how could you not think that at a certain point too so I thought that was very interesting because I if I was non-binary and they had non-binary I would immediately think that like oh this is somehow related because you know we're not that common so that was like a tricky situation that I was like, hey, this would be very hard to navigate. And it was a situation I'd never really thought about before. So I don't know. I liked that part. I I think what you were saying is, is a safe assumption, especially from somebody who is part of that community. But that's not necessarily what I would assume. I would assume more that they are comfortable around and have experience with non-binary people so they're more likely than to gravitate towards those folks but i i, I did yeah. understand why soul thought that and why he decided not to initially tell plus parents don't be parents who are dating don't be telling about their kids or or things like that until they know it's serious so to me waiting is never is not always a red flag it's like okay yeah you wanted to see if i was going to be somebody that was going to be worth sharing this a very important part of my life with yeah i think some of the preachiness to me like my takeaway is like when i'm watching it sometimes like it feels like the show even though it has a lot of queerness maybe isn't for me sometimes because i don't need those explanations Ooh. you know i get that yes it's very yeah. much exposing queerness and transness and non-binaryness to the hetero world Right. And I think that like television is a really amazing and beautiful way to be able to do that, especially because television is so far reaching. So like small town, no education, whatever it can be like, this might be the first time someone's thinking or hearing about some of this stuff. So like, mm -hmm. I love that this exists, but yeah, a lot of these conversations I've thought about before with the exception, honestly, being this this one, like if you are a single parent who's dating and you have a trans kid and you end up wanting to date a trans person, how do you navigate that? You know, I don't have kids, so literally never thought about that, but it was an interesting, interesting one. Later when they tell Miles about like, hey, your straight male privilege is showing and like you need to consider these things like that kind of stuff. I've, you know, I've had that conversation, mm -hmm. so. I also, because I, I very much valued that conversation and also felt like it came a little from left field 
just because there had never been real conversations or like even mentions of like the differences in their identities or things like that beforehand. And so to me, there was never like, and I get it, like, or understand people can be triggered. People can be brought back to scary times in their life in the blink of an eye. And it can feel like it's coming out of nowhere, but for the purpose of this television show, given that there was no other conversation about people who soul had dated in the past or like miles's tendency towards violence or anything like that. It yeah. seemed a little like, how could you assume that this fluff of a man would turn violent in regards to having a sexuality challenge? But again, like fluffy man can do that too. So like I understood it, but it also was just like, a, oh, okay. So this is where we're going. This is a good topic to talk about, but like. Yes, I do think the choice of having Saul's friends do it and having it be one more removed. So that way we can sort of assume that they don't know Miles as well was I think that's kind of why it happened that way for exactly what you're saying. Like, I think like maybe in the original script, Saul did it and they were like, well, maybe because there's nothing for that to attach to that we've done for Saul's character, we have Saul's friends do it who we know nothing about. So it's easier to assume that they've had these mm -hmm. things go on. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think yeah. you're exactly right. And that's why some of those choices were made. And honestly, I kind of like it. It also lets a couple more, you know, queer actors of color like get in the mix and they were both seem Absolutely. like a even though neither of those friends got a ton of lines every time they were hanging out with soul i was like i want to be here this looks amazing yeah. and fun <laughs> they're the kind of like the the stereotype of being the the wise black queer friend mm -hmm. like the wise black person who's going to take you through this difficult moment and, and I also be I want more time yes but also be very honest because when soul was mm -hmm. having a you know, a little struggle connecting with Charlie, they were like, hey, maybe you need to ask Charlie. Oops, sorry. <laughs> what? Which is just like, oh, yeah, duh. And like some of that was also a little clumsily done, I think. And part of it is that I don't know that Charlie is a great actor. That's Busy Phillips' kid also. I don't. I thought it so was. I, I thought yeah. it was. So when Billy Phillips shows up as the mom in season two, I was like, oh, that really is her baby. <laughs> Which, which, okay, which I fucking loved. I love Busy Phillips and I think she's amazing, but I couldn't tell if she was being intentionally like passive aggressive towards Soul when she asked about their like Miles's queerness because it came directly after Soul being very like connected to Charlie and so in the soccer game so I feel like you could interpret it both ways that it was like an innocent question and that she didn't know that anything was going to spark from it or that she felt a little threatened in her mama bear role and decided to like throw that out to see if it would cause any any spat what do you think Oh, I think she's probably just a Karen character. And so it's probably some of both. I don't think she thought it through. She was like, ooh, my brain said to say this. So I said it. I don't know. That just, <laughs> I don't know if what I. What do you mean by Karen character? What gave you Karen vibes about her? About Busy Phillips? About her character, not Busy Phillips. Are you saying well, Busy Phillips okay, is yeah. Karen vibes? No, 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 no. Her character okay. to me is. Okay. But why? And Okay. So two things. One, I think the way that. Charlie and Miles described her as being very intense and I feel like a lot of times when I see Karen behavior it's them being really intense over things you don't need to be intense over so I think I was kind of set up to think that from their description for one and then on top of that to me what I notice a lot of times is like they just don't think about anyone but themselves and so that's kind of the vibes I got from her. Like everything she did was performative. It was just about her. And mm, I'm not saying okay. she doesn't love Charlie. Like, I'm not saying that, but like all the hugging soul and crap. Like, I don't know. I don't believe that that's performative and it's either overcompensating or just being super fake. I, I don't, I don't know. We don't have enough character to like yeah. really understand motivations, but I think I maybe just got different vibes than you a little bit. Yeah. No, I was just curious because I like I have a very specific vision of what Karen's are and mm. they're not just dramatic and self-centered 
white women. They're very much people who weaponize that privilege in a form of violence towards black and brown people. And so I think of that as just being like, almost like a theater mom or almost like a, mm. like a, I, my life is my child and that I'm very like over the top and extra and performative, but I, I don't get Karen vibes from that. And I, I thought maybe like I was waiting for her to like, threatened to take her kid away from soul and and all of that stuff but that never came so like maybe it's setting us up for the future that's a good point yeah it didn't really brush into anything that violent yeah that's a good point maybe maybe calling her a karen was a little incorrect but just but i I do get what you're saying yes i do like i was very much like is something going to happen and then i was like oh that was that wasn't so bad Maybe. I don't think there is a third season. So I don't think third season has been confirmed yet. It has not been canceled or like anything, but I don't think Amazon has said yes to season three yet. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. And like, I don't mean this in any kind of shady way. These are not A-list actors. So it's not an incredibly expensive show. And... But, however, we are in the midst of a writer and actor strike. So, like, obviously, know, until which that's over. <laughs> we Let's be very direct. We are very pro writer strike and actor's strike. Yeah, regardless, regardless of our views. Like, shows like yes. this might not survive. Well, that and on top of it, nothing's coming out for the next hot minute until, you know, studios have a bit of a reckoning here. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. even if it's slated right now, nothing is in production. So, I mean, mm-hmm. commercials maybe, but like not a lot. But so. yeah. We haven't talked much about Jorjito and Henry. Mm-hmm. Do you have any opinions or thoughts or perspectives on their relationship and on them? I think they're pretty cute. Honestly, I thought their wedding was pretty adorable. It's not quite Shit's Creek level adorable to me. I didn't think... But I think because some of that is like, there are a lot of characters and we do a lot of time jumps. And so part of me feels like I don't know Henry that well still. Mm. Um, I feel like I know Jorge pretty well, but he's also like a bigger personality. So I don't know. I liked Henry and I liked their like opposites attract. I liked, I think they're like both I don't know. They're a handsome couple, but there is kind of an essence of not realness to me. I think maybe because they didn't really go through a lot of conflict. There's that mm. moment where where it's like, oh, no, are we going to stay together? Are you going to move with me? Ah, What are we going to do? And then next episode, they've moved together. So, like, we aren't really privy to much of their conflict, just happiness. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the they don't feel as dimensional as real people do. Mm. I get that. I also, like, as we're talking, have noticed we really don't get a lot of history on any of these characters prior to when the show started. So, like, we don't know what baggage these people are bringing to the relationship. Um, And you mentioned Schitt's Creek. We're like, with Schitt's Creek, we get at least some backstory of, like, David's relationship trauma, Um, not to mention Alexis's. And and that's just starkly missing from this show anything that has happened before um so i do agree i i'd say i like henry more than i like jorjito i think they both are great actors i think they both gave great performances that was genuine and believable um and in almost every episode and i think like they've got great chemistry but it's just a little flat yeah it seems like the actors are having fun but i'm not sure the flame is there i don't know that's kind Mm of i got that i did i love how there we meet them and their relationship starts i guess we technically meet henry at it with lily really briefly before but i really loved when he has to explain bisexuality to jorge's entire family the first time he meets them and they literally bring everyone in for it i had some questions hilarious i was. was like oh my god and he like did a fantastic job explaining everything right the grandpa makes a comment about like he's a food bisexual right being like all right you kind of got it Mm -hmm. and then they do a beautiful 
a beautiful parallel in season two, episode one, where Miles checks one mole and the whole family's like, Miles checking moles. So now Miles has to perform for the whole family for his first. Yeah. But I thought that Mm -hmm. was like, that was great. (laughs) So like they, yeah, they meet Henry. He's got to do it. And then Miles is first one. He's got to do it. It was good. I, I appreciated that. Which you just brought back one of my favorite it's multiple scenes. So I'll say one of my favorite storylines in episodes, but it's when soul is being bullied by her aunt for essentially being non-binary and just like all of that stuff. And miles, I think it was the Thanksgiving episode. Miles was like, fuck no, you're my partner. And Soul was like, no, but this is, this is the way our family was. And I felt that deeply because it is a spoken and unspoken rule in my household that like, you don't talk, shit about our family members unless you are our family members and even if you're married into it like like sure Aquila will get some some leeway but she can't just be out here being like your mom is an asshole because whoa 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 I know you're my wife but unless I am starting that sentence and you're in agreement you don't get to start that sentence But I liked how they handled it in that I liked that Miles eventually did stand up for Soul and did put that person in her place because if Soul was not going to do it, then somebody needed to. And I liked that Soul's family backed up Miles was like, no, like he did it in a way that was not disrespectful. It was just very matter of fact and very like, you need to stop hurting somebody that I love. And I think that that can be a benefit when it comes to having people from a culture that's more individualistic versus more family centered coming into that dynamic, seeing like kind of like their cultures blending, like miles being like, no, I'm not going to let you just talk trash about somebody I love. And so being like, no, but this is family. This is, this is a conflict. Um, And I do think sometimes more family centered cultures can run into issues with boundaries and what is okay and what isn't okay to say to one another because they think that since I'm family I can say whatever I want and you're like no no you still can't treat me like shit so I really liked that so do you think your sister's wedding is going to be like this I think my sister's wedding is going to be an amazing shit show I think (laughs) I can't even begin to say how loud and how chaotic it's going to be but yes, I do think there will be a whole bunch of people in each other's business and and just utter chaos. Yes, yes. Fantastic. I cannot wait. The show actually did make me cry one time. I don't oh, know. When? I can... Oh, yeah. oh, wait. Is it the beginning episode, <laughs> the very first episode? No. Oh, okay. When no. is it? It's actually in the very last episode. And Aww. it's when Miles is playing chess with the abuelo and mm. who's going th- he's going through early mm-hmm. dementia dementia and he says i don't always remember who you are but i always remember that i like you that was one of the lines in here where i was like okay that one works for me and i don't know if it's because this grandpa's a good actor maybe because like my grandpa has dementia right now and it's just like too close to home i don't know but like i liked that one a lot so i also think it's just a very sentimental line like him basically saying you're just genuinely a good person and have good energy so when i'm lost i'm not scared yeah when i see you and i'm like yes yeah Yeah. like oh god someone could just hope to be that great of a person that that's the energy that they give right i thought you were gonna say in the season one when season one episode one when jorge senior genuinely apologizes to Rojito about like if he ever made him feel bad for being gay or feeling like he couldn't be his authentic self with him that he was like genuinely truly sorry for that and I forget who else I was talking to that was like oh my god I just bawled at that because never have I ever seen a brown father genuinely apologize to their brown son and I was like oh yeah so few so few people in their life get a dad apology can't relate i know you are a special <laughs> anomaly but thank you daddy that's just oh i hate you so mm-hmm. it's honestly like the very end of the show when lily's going on and on about magic and fate in the universe and the mom comes in and is like 
no, listen to me. First of all, it's adorable that she gets so excited to support her, like adorable. And then right. she's like, oh, honey, um, here's the thing. Science, bullshit. It's about the choices you make every day. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. fucking preach. Because that's that's how I feel. Like, yes, the universe will give you signs, but also you can actively ignore them and be like, no, I know me. And this is what's right. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with doing that. And maybe mm-hmm. part, of, part of this is also like, the religious aspect because as the show establishes like they all go to church they're all at least somewhat religious you know believe in god and all of that so maybe that's part of it as well as like believing these signs are from god and i don't really mm-hmm. have that big strong connection so but i really appreciated that because i don't know there is some magic like there's something obviously magical about love or like mm-hmm. i think cinema and you know certain things emotions relationships right there's magic in this stuff but it's not just magic. It's also a lot of fucking work. So mm-hmm. that was real. Yeah. I thought that that was super important in this show being yeah. about love. That yep. like, yes, love is a feeling, but love is also a choice. And I think that they've done a good job of showing that because in this show, that's other another unique thing is we get relationships in so many different stages and like through generations. Like we have the abuela and abuelo who have been together for decades and then we have these relationships that are just starting out and like to say and then we have the parents who are potentially going through a divorce in the first season being like no yes we love these people but we actively choose yeah to be with these people we don't just flit off with signs and that's what I'm hoping will really draw her through to Nick if there is a season three that like you can love more than one person but you also have the power to choose who you're going to allow access to your energy. And Santiago has already shown you time and time again that like he is not safety. He's not secure. He's not dependable when it comes to what you need. And like, that's painful, but you can let that love go and actively choose to engage in another love. Because if love and signs were enough, then people would stay absolutely i think that is also a a good scene i loved that the aunt that's like never married never have kids gladys oh my god my girl gladys i love her (laughs) right that she really gets more screen time and a little bit more development in Mm -hmm. the second season because yes like i just love how no fuck she gives how freaky deaky she is and just like living her life but yet like surrounded by family surrounded by love like all of these things I just I think the show does a great job of showing very different ways of living your life and with love though it's she yeah with love it all centers around love and relationships Yes. Mm -hmm. And she loves her family. Her family loves her. She also loves her life being single, Mm -hmm. doing all of her different escapades. There's the Mm -hmm. scene where (laughs) Lillian's a place to live and she's got some guy she's doing. It looks like BDSM. We don't have all the story, Mm -hmm. right? But she's like, oh, I'm like she's a dominatrix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, we're just crossing things off bucket list or something like that or his Christmas list or whatever it was. And like, fucking get it, girl. (laughs) Yes. You are not hurting anyone. Right. for the family, they also need someone like her, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone, I feel like, is so busy trying to, like, please the family. And she's just like, oh, I'm just here being real. And if I upset everyone, mm-hmm. so be it. Which she doesn't mm-hmm. even do. It's just, you know, everyone's used to her being her. But, yeah, she she might be my very favorite character in this entire show. She's right. got some of the she's funniest lines. Even for the wedding, she's, like, just about to go up. And she's doing the ceremony. And she's like, Jorge, are you ready? He's like, yeah, are you? And she's like, yeah, the edible's just kicking in. It's like, what the fuck, girl? You're like, I got to get this out now. Or I'm just going to be a slurry mess. I love it. I love it. If it was my wedding, I'd be like, oh, she better keep her shit together. <laughs> if it was mine, I'd be like, um, girl, same. Because yeah. you know Aquila's going to be high as shit up there. Um, no, but I, I also think that she's an instigator because the fuck? The fuck is she doing inviting Santiago and his father to different events? I mean, Ooh, I'm like, fair. I I do get it. Santi's poppy is also very attractive. Like that family is just, they've got suave. Um, so yes, I get it. But also 
wanted to be like, Gladys, you knew this was going to cause drama. You knew it. So, but sometimes yeah. you need that. And I think the show needed it because why else would these people still be there? But I also do think it is realistic to run into each other so much in a predominantly white city like Portland because that community would just be so small. Maybe. Hey, to me, it's like the queer community in New York City. You think you live in a very fucking large place, but then you're still like one degree of separation away from seeing an ex or seeing somebody you know at any given queer event. So I imagine it's like that with the Latino community in Portland. Absolutely. You know, Nick's really brief girlfriend, Anna? Yes. Kaylee Cuoco's sister. What? Yeah, wild, huh? Crazy. I didn't notice till I watched the credits and was like, what? Yeah, her only other, the only other thing she's been in is The Flight Attendant, produced and starring Kaylee Cuoco, and a Harley Quinn voice, produced and starring Kaylee Cuoco. So, (laughs) yeah, but I thought that was fun. And honestly, I thought she did it. A pretty good job. Her character was kind of fun. I thought the quick banter was delightful. Yeah. And I mean, I like, again, I think her and Nick could have been good together, but I think she was a good tool to get Nick to where he needed to be to recognize that he was still in love with Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I will say in one regard, the show reminded me of the O.C., and it's in that I don't super care about the parents' plot lines. <laughs> like, I get that. I mean, there's always yeah. going to be relationships that you care less about. And yeah. I think they were there because people like my mom watch the show sure. as well. Yeah. And like, if we're going to explore love and relationships and they're there, I guess we should also explore theirs. But I don't know. This whole like she flirted with one guy in her running group and he couldn't get over it for months. It's like, all right, my dude, you're going to have to grow up a little bit. She told you why you acknowledged it's been four years Mm -hmm. since you took her on a date. Like, this is not a mystery. Just be nice and step up and maybe sleep with your wife once in a while. I don't know. It was pretty simple to me. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I I felt the same and I had to be like, okay, but also think about it from his perspective and I could like to some extent see but I'm also just like I'm not a straight man yeah and I feel like the the machismo and the the relationship dynamic it really is just the well if we're together then we're together and you're never going to stray and you strayed even though you didn't technically stray and so you've betrayed my trust and it's not really seeing how your lack of accountability in the relationship led to this stray yeah, that's fair. I just, it felt a little sexist, honestly. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad you felt the same because I was like, good God, she has done so much apologizing, so much work, right. so much everything. And he's just over there being like, mm, my feelings are still hurt. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. I'm glad you felt the same. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, bro, just fucking get over it. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. This and is she, the, like, wife she of didn't children. even actually cheat. I mean, they had but been I texting, been I guess. Justified. But... I think she would have been justified in cheating. Well, I know that's Let's save that for another pod, like, yeah. <laughs> but I also think about the fact that, like, no, she had been sustaining on, on nothing. And yes, 100%, she should have brought that up and they should have had more conversations. Yeah. But again, we're talking about a very normative, traditional relationship And we weren't given much backstory. So we don't know how much it was, like how much she had already been doing that. So all we're given to go off of is this woman is in a partnership, not a relationship where you're basically just like living with someone and going through the motions. And when those needs aren't being met and you feel like you're attempting to say that you need these like needs met and that's not being done. To me, it is understandable to go someplace else to find those needs. Yeah. But Hey, that's just my, I don't, I don't condone cheating. Let's be very clear, but I can definitely understand why it happens. Yeah. I just think part of like, again, choosing to be in that relationship every day is communicating when those things are coming up for you, but you know, also probably who's listening to those communications. Fair. You're right. (laughs) We'll just agree to agree on this. Like I'm really lonely. I need more. I'm feeling unsatisfied. Okay, so go on a run. Cool. Great. So glad that you are understanding that I need more from this relationship. Totally. 
Any final thoughts here? I really hope that there is a season three. Me too. What would your hopes be? Me, I, I have some hopes for season three. Mine tie into a weird dream scene that we see where Lily is picturing sleeping with lots of guys, but then there's a girl there and she's like, oh, I just want to watch. And that turns Lily on. Like, so Lily's got a little queerness. I feel like we could potentially yeah, explore if things with Nick don't work out. I really hope that things with Nick do work out. Um, I'm hoping Very that cool. they get their wedding. I hope that Santiago heals and gets to a place where he can find somebody who is like Lily, which, oh, that was also the ending. That was also the ending that we almost left out. The cousin. Yeah. The cousin coming back from college and connecting with Santiago. I hope that that's where they go. I hope that Santiago winds up staying in the family, but falling for the cousin and that the cousin is in line with what Santiago wants and that they have a really genuine relationship and Lily and Nick have a really genuine relationship and it's all a happy ending. I just would love for there to be a genuinely happy ending. That's, that's my hope. You just want a great big love puddle. <laughs> I do. I do. I think these people deserve it. I said this to you. I think Lily is a little bit of a me monster, right? Being like, ooh, me all the time. But for the most part, I like the characters. I like Jorge and Henry and Nick. I like all the guys. Yeah. But I mean, and I would so... argue that Lily is the main character. And so to me, it makes sense that yeah. from like that point of view, that she would be a me monster because it's like in Orange is the New Black when the show started yeah. off as just like the the Piper show and then slowly diversified. But Piper was a meat monster. And as the show oh, drifted even... away from her being the main character, she wasn't as much of a meat monster because it wasn't all about her. I stopped watching. In some ways, she becomes more of a meat monster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I stopped But like watching. how I met, yeah, how I met your mother, right? Like Ted is a meat monster. A, a lot of times, yeah, you have to have someone selfish yeah as the like gravitational force in the middle to keep everything together yeah that's fair and in some ways like real life i will say i'm gonna steal i'm gonna steal a joke and it's the day is still young it's still going to gsa as a straight ally i thought that was hysterical that that's hilarious it was one of soul's friends uh, (laughs) oh it was the charlie episode it was the charlie episode when they're we're like talking to soul about yeah like don't worry there's still time to fix this yeah the day is still young it's still going in gsa as a straight ally hashtag that was me i was all of us for a minute yeah i know i know come on no i'm just we're just here to support everyone's been there (laughs) ah good times Thank you for joining us today on Queer Watching. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Queer underscore watching. And if you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating where you get your podcasts. You can also send us an email with recommendations or feedback at queerwatching at gmail.com.